0: Hey, podcast listeners, this is Barbaros, uh, the counselor, and it is Tuesday night, June 13, to be exact. Um, As you all know from listening to last week's episode, Adam is not joining me today. Uh, He is safe. He is sober. Uh, He is in treatment. Uh, He is actually in a program down in Florida. Uh, through awesome connections uh, and wonderful people, Uh, willing to uh, give him a chance and do a program uh, down there. He'll have an opportunity to jump back onto this podcast uh, with his consent. Uh, As always, uh, he uh, has approved me having a co-host, as we're calling it, um, hilariously. And so today, on today's podcast, I have Mandy. Hi, Barbaros. How are you, Mandy?
1: I'm good. How are you, Barbros?
0: I'm okay, Mandy. <laughs> Just see, say HL's name over and over again. It won't get annoying. Um. So Mandy has graciously accepted the invite to be the co-host of today's podcast. And... um. You know, Mandy will share a a little bit about her experience with me um, and Adam and Adam and I um, and kind of maybe share some funny takes and funny experiences. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mandy also works in the field, so she is very, very knowledgeable uh, uh, about this. And so definitely, Mandy, I want to hear from you about your take on addiction and, and recovery and what you see works and what you see doesn't work and um all that stuff and um and then we'll we'll end the uh, podcast as we always do uh with uh you know the five controversies and so you'll have an opportunity to kind of chime in that way and you and i will battle uh <laughs> which one of us is right i'm sure we will <laughs> <laughs> um so for the listeners out there uh this is the addict and the counselor um podcast you can find us on spotify apple podcast <clears throat> and amazon music podcast please follow us listen to us uh comment uh all that stuff uh, i greatly appreciate it um we also have an email so the addict and the counselor at gmail.com adam also has these uh, access to this email so please email us let, let us know uh what topics you know what what's out there and how we can help and you know really this podcast is meant to help people and Adam obviously going through what he's going through. It's, it's there to help him, but it's also there to help families, friends, loved ones. Um, uh, and you know, addict addicts, people who are struggling with addiction, early recovery, people in recovery, uh, really benefit from this type of dialogue and this conversation. Um, before I kind of you know, get there, uh, you know, Mandy, it kind of opening up to, uh, to you a little bit. Can you just, uh, for for the audience, can you just uh, share how tall you are, please?
1: No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um...
0: It's, it's podcast rules, Mandy. I know this is your first time doing a podcast, so all podcasts always uh, ask the height of their co-hosts, their guests. So
1: <laughs> asking me because you're jealous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, nothing has changed, Mandy, right? <laughs> changed. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm super super envious of, of your height
1: yeah it's always kind of been that way so yeah I'm, I'm 5'10 not that we really need to talk about that but <laughs> uh, I actually met Barbaros working um in a facility that Adam was also working in at the time um he was there first and then I came in and then Barbaros came
0: in Mandy how soon after like yeah like Adam was there before you got there
1: Correct. So, Adam had been for quite some time, actually, um, and had worked his way up to be, um, like, a director slash manager. Um, And I came in kind of low man on the totem pole. I was a case manager. Um, And then you, so Adam and I worked together for probably about a year, and then you came in. Oh. Um, And then, yeah. And then Adam left, what, about... A year after that
0: uh yeah yeah I think I was I think rounding my first year in Danvers and I think he ended up getting a job elsewhere and 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 so he parted yeah
1: yeah so I mean I definitely had the pleasure of working with both of you so you both directors and I managed um, the RS's
0: in your programs that's right yes interesting (laughs) yes like all this like memory is flooding now in terms of like the dynamic the roles and yeah yeah
1: I mean it it was definitely um it was definitely interesting times I mean I I definitely enjoyed working with both of you guys um and and learned a ton you know um I I had worked in human services for like 15 years before that but I worked with teenage girls Mm. Um, and so this was my first time working with adults in addiction. Um, so I definitely came in kind of, you know, not knowing, you know, a ton as far as the addiction world and working with adults. You know, obviously the teenagers that I worked with, you know, had addiction issues, um, but sure. definitely different than, you know, coming in full swing. I mean, we worked in the ER of addiction you know, between the detox and the CSS program, I mean, it was the ER of addiction. It was the
0: worst of the worst. I yes. love that phrase, Mandy. I've never heard it said that way, but that's absolutely true. Oh, yes. That is, you, you should copyright that phrase. That, that's <laughs> spot on.
1: I've been saying that for a long time. You know, I worked in, in detox for eight years and then um, actually took your position as the director of the CSS program for four years. Um, and, and recently left. And now I work in outpatient. So I've been working in addiction for 15 years um, with adults.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, a, a wealth of knowledge and wealth of experience. And I, I'm not I, I think you would know this, but I, I know when I got into the field, you know, um, the, you know, the life expectancy expectancy of an employee, a clinician, whomever, in the addiction field is like only three years, people don't last all too long for some obvious reasons. But I think for you you and I, especially, you know, being this long in our careers in addiction, primarily, uh, I think goes to show, you know, a lot of our own strengths and, you know, you know, what we bring to the table and you know, what we get from that table also.
1: Yeah, I mean I worked like I said with teenage girls which I absolutely loved that population but I think um this is the population that people have a hard time working with you know I mean I remember the first 5 6 maybe even 10 years that I worked with this population and you know I would tell people what I did and they'd be like why
0: <laughs>
1: You know what I mean and I'm like why not like exactly you're human first you know what I mean? Like, this isn't about like, you know, I mean, you know, talk about stigma, talk about, I I mean, you know, people's opinions and very, very, very difficult, you know? And I was like, I don't understand, like they're human first. Exactly. And they have a disease. And what is the difference between that and someone with cancer or anything else? And like, somebody has to do this. And I absolutely love this population.
0: Love. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, your your, your passion is definitely coming through. And, you know, for the folks out there who ever got a chance to, you know, experience Mandy in the flesh, you know, that passion is absolutely there, like, all the time. You know, so I I think for people who last in this career, right, Mandy, is that the the passion keeps it going. Like, there's, you know, because it's not the successes, right? It's not no. the figures either. Uh, it's not the money. <laughs> no, you know, it, it, it's it's the passion. It's the hope. It's the willingness. It's it's the desire that you know, one hour, one person, one conversation changes a life and changes someone's trajectory. Um, and people do get better, right? I mean, you know, uh, you know, you've seen that in, in you, you know, in the, in the programs that you've worked with, and so that's you know keeps us going. At least for me, keeps me going.
1: So yeah, I mean, you know, working in you know, CSS and detox for so long, you know, those successes came few and far between, Mm -hmm. you know, they might come once or twice a year. You'd have somebody come back in and say, thank you very much for, you know, what you, you know, what you have done. And I've been, you know, sober since and like, that's what kept you going. It wasn't, you know, I mean the people that you were kind of seeing, you know, every day that would come back in and come back in and come back in like, it was those people that came back in and said, wow, like you really made a difference for me. Yeah. You know, like that's what kept you going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. So, um, you know, Adam. also we'll, we'll, we'll take it a little bit lightly on him, but when you experienced Adam for the first time, what, yeah. what was your experience? Like if you can kind of paint that picture to, to the audience?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can definitely paint that picture. So, I mean, I guess we have to explain a little bit like who I am versus kind of maybe who you guys are. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm just, I'll be real transparent. Um, I am, you know, we kind of just joked about this a little bit, but I'm, I'm 5'10". I'm a large female. I have um, a pretty big attitude. Um, I can come off um, maybe ta- strong would, would be a. Okay, word to use, um, and then Adam and Barbaros both are kind of you know more empathetic and soft, and we used to <laughs> pretty consistently about um, you know masculinity and <laughs> things like that. Um, Adam was very similar, you know. Adam very very empathetic, um, loved the population. You could tell really really cared. Um, I had no idea that he was in recovery for probably the first, I don't know, four or five months that I worked with him. Mm -hmm. Um, And not that you can always tell, but usually you can tell by the way people talk. Mm -hmm. They talk from an eye point of view or... um, uh, like they understand AA and NA, you know, better than someone who is not in NA or AA can explain, you know, from a, you know, personal point of view. Um, and, and people talk like that when they're in recovery. Um, and I, he, I never knew until mm-hmm. one day we were actually out back smoking. Um, and he was <laughs> like, so I'm in recovery. And I was like, you are. <laughs> um, and yeah. And so that's that's how I found out it it wasn't through the way that he was dealing with clients or staff or the way that he spoke or um, anything like that. Um, he was actually like, like a, a really good director as far as like, you know, dealing with people and dealing with the staff and dealing with the clients and, you know, really cared. Um, I actually, you know, respected him immensely. I mean, very much like you, Barbara Rose, like I said, like I wasn't knowledgeable really like I had dealt with this with teenagers, but that wasn't our primary focus. Our primary focus with the teenagers was to get them to a certain point in their life where they could actually just kind of move on and be okay. Right. Go Mm -hmm. back with their families. You know what I mean? Like we weren't dealing with people who were, you know, did they have substance use? Yes. But that wasn't their primary you know, um, so then you know, when I moved into this field, it was like, okay, like someone teach me. And of course, you know, I, I had personal knowledge, um, not from, you know, me personally being an addict, but, you know, family members or, you know, things like that, but not um, not personally. So I had a lot to learn. And, you know, I knew how to manage people, but I didn't know how to deal with addiction really. Um, and we were living in a completely different time, Barbaros. Like, we were living in a non harm reduction time. Correct. Where, where we worked very much was run like a prison. Like, and I hate to say that, but it, it was like if you were caught with a Tylenol in your pocket, you're we out. Were, you know, if you were caught smoking in your room, we were discharging you. Um, it was very, very different than, you know, things are today. Um, we live in a very different world. Thank God. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that we have gained a wealth of knowledge as far as, you know, what works and what doesn't. um, And what is the alternative? Correct. You know, um, like I said, like, thank God, like, I don't know if I could still be working in addiction if
0: we were still like that. Well, that's, a, that's a that's a great point right and and I, I i think you know treatment program providers right lose lose some sense in terms of like the person that they're working with and not everyone fits that box of a traditional addict and I, I don't even know what that is if you think about it that way like who is this person that just you know won't have behaviors, right? Or won't relapse, right? Uh, you know, will, you know, nod their head and say yes to everything that you say as a treatment provider. And yeah, I I think it probably if you think about it, probably did more harm than good, right? In in trying to fit people into a box that they were resisting and probably losing from because they would get involuntarily discharged because of noncompliance when they were just exhibiting their symptoms, if you think about it that way.
1: Yes. Yes, that's exactly, they were just exhibiting their symptoms, Um, you know, to, to expect them to not, you know, um, behave in a certain way, or to, you know, not have a Tylenol in their pocket, or to not smoke in their room, or to, um, was... uh, I don't know. Like, I don't even really know what to say when I look back on some discharges that I did or that I was mm-hmm. involved in or it, it hurts my feelings. Yeah. Oh, um, I also feel like we were living in a different time, you know, not that heroin never killed anybody, but the death rate was way different than it is today.
0: Yeah. With fentanyl and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of like, you know, do what we say or get out and now it's like, okay, if, if I do that, the chances of you dying are great. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like you really have to think about, you know, what that means. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, when, when we were changing from being non-harm reduction to harm reduction, I, I kind of just lived by a motto. And this is what I, you know, taught my staff on a consistent basis is I said, listen, like if I can't sit across from a parent explain to them that there was this really good reason because this client you know or or patient caused this serious incident that made the entire place unsafe so I had no other choice but to discharge them right then I'm not discharging them Mm. because I just can't do that like I can't sit across from a parent and say hey like your kid called a staff a name or your kid smoked or hmm. like, I just can't do that.
0: Well, that's uh, you know, thank you for, you know, sh- you know sharing that. And I, I think that's that perspective, right. Is that, you know, the folks that we treat, you know, are not just a one person, right. They're husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends and cousins and brothers and sisters, you know, and their children. Right. And so thinking of the larger impact of a provider's decision on what they do with that person has a direct rippling effect positively or negatively to those loved ones of that individual. And so to be mindful of like, I'm not just impacting this person in like treatments lives, I'm impacting every single person they know that that care about them um and i think you know back in the day you know when i was there and these involuntary discharges would happen right we would send them to the bus station <laughs> train station right try to get to the homeless shelter and be like good good luck buddy this is it for you you know and how yeah so you know I think what we're talking about, right, is, you know, treatment providers who make a decision to discharge someone involuntarily with no aftercare plan, no solid, you know, safety plan in terms of what's going to happen next. You're not just impacting their life, you're impacting, you know, their loved ones, people who care about them. So I love that perspective, Mandy, and that really kind of sends this message home to the individual providers, right? People that you work with who might be at different stages of like, you know, empathy and, and caring about you know, the work or the person or whatever it might be, right? Is that to always plant that seed and always highlight that 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 thing ex- exists with every single person, regardless of, you know, their relationship with their extended family is that they're a loved one to somebody. And we need to care about that loved one and really make sure that we give them the best care. Yes, I mean,
1: I, I think that that's probably the most important piece. You know, I think for a long time, we only dealt with the individual, right? Like, it wasn't even important to, like, reach out to their family or their PCPs or their, you know what I Mm -hmm. mean, anything. There was no, you know, care that was being done that actually dealt with the whole individual. It was just about the individual and where they were at the moment. Which, you know, when we talk about meeting the client where they're at, that's not necessarily meeting them where they're at. Correct. Because we're not dealing with all of those other things. You know, and it's it's just really important that we do that.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's, you know, let's go back to like you know your experience of Adam. Is there any, any anything that kind of sticks out for you? Anything that kind of resonates with you in terms of that experience? You know, with him.
1: I mean, I think <laughs> I think
0: <laughs> Adam
1: is um, very funny. I think. You know, he brought a lot of, like, light and laughter to even really sad and, and you know, not easy moments to deal with. Um, you know, where we worked was not necessarily an, an easy place to work. Like I was stating, like, it's it was like the ER of addiction. We were seeing the worst of the worst as far as behaviors and sickness. And, you know, people, like, so raw. And, like, mm-hmm. he always could be, like, you know what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like make it like, like normalize it almost. Cause you know, coming from somebody, you know, who had never been in detox or in a program, you know, some of the things I was like, really? Like, what do you mean? They can't have hand sanitizer. They'll drink it. What do you mean? <laughs> be like, you know, Manny, they'll do anything. They'll do anything, to, you know, to feel or do. and I was like, Whoa, really?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely learned a lot. Um, And, you know, he made me laugh a lot. Just, you know, even in, like I said, even in like the most intense moments, we'd have a fist fight, or, you know, someone was, you know, threatening to kill themselves or, you know, because you're dealing with all of those things, you know, because they're, they're hurting, you know, they're detoxing. It's the worst of the worst moments for them. They're realizing all the bad that they've done, you know, all the guilt that comes in, the shame, the, you know,
0: yeah,
1: they're at their worst. Um, And you're just trying to stand there to help pick up the pieces a little bit with them. And, you know, without somebody to kind of be like, hey, this is normal. This is okay. Right. And this is how you do it. Like, yeah, I mean, I was kind of in shell shock a little bit. Like, what are we doing? what's going on (laughs) and you know he would always say hey you know Mandy, you're gonna be all right you know because i was like whoa um so yeah i mean adam's goofy (laughs) (laughs) he'll probably be mad at me for saying that but he is which again brought a lot of like normalcy and light to you know really really dark places um you know, like I can't think of any moment in particular, but like when I think about working with him, like that's what I think about, and that's how I feel. He helped me, and like helped me understand. You know what I mean from a person's point of view who, who had walked through it, and you know, mm-hmm. in the moment, had 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 made it was successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you know yeah, that he was means- success story. If you think about it that way, to the people that you know we saw coming in day in and day out, like Adam was the holster child of like this is what can happen if you you know stop the obsession you know you know follow through with treatment recommendations you know stay sober obviously like life gets better you know you can be healthy productive successful
1: which when working in people with people in that setting that was really important to see Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it was really important to be able to be like hey this is possible and this is where it starts you know what I mean we can make a difference we can make things different um like that was a huge piece for me like I was really grateful when he told me that he was in recovery Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: know what I mean because I could be like wow like look at what is really
0: possible yeah well well that that's great um no, so I'm really, I'm really leaning on here. So like, like, you know, for, you know, Adam and I, obviously in, in our, I think first podcast, we talked about like how him and I kind of got together, but can you talk a little bit about, you know, when I started in Danvers and kind of what your experience <laughs> of me was like, And I mean, we work hand in hand on many different things, you know, we were on, on, you know, we're at managers of a facility, we were on call, we had to really work together, as you mentioned, like you know, you were the manager of all of the you know recovery support um, staff, you know, which was a critical position um, in all of the programs that you know that were housed in, in Danvers. So, um, just again, raw, Mandy. This 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 is this podcast is for adults, so don't hold anything back. <laughs> <laughs> which, you you've never held anything back to me, so th- th- this shouldn't be anything different.
1: No, I mean, um, when you came in, I was kind of like, "Who is this? Um you know, with your bow ties and your suspenders and <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, shaving things that I was like, "You do what <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i I honestly wasn't real sure that we were gonna get along as great as we did. Um but then we just clicked. And I, I definitely think it had a lot to do with the passion that we had for what we were doing. Um and and you know dealing with the clientele that we were dealing with, wanting to help them, um, wanting to, you know, help the staff to learn. Um, I mean I really really enjoyed working with you barbaros you know that um i think we both cried when you left um yeah you know it's it was definitely hard when you left um you know while we worked together though i mean it it, it was great like we had a ton of great times a a ton of great laughs we dealt with a lot of difficult things together um you know If I had the opportunity to work with you again, I guess I would. No, I'm just kidding. Of course I would. (laughs) You know, it it was, it was a different time. You know, I, the passion that you guys had for the clientele that we were working with definitely made, you know, things worthwhile as far as like me being like, Hey, like, I actually think I want to work with this clientele. I think that this might be, you know, my career going forward. You know, like I said, I, I had only worked with teenagers before. Um, and so working with the adult population, number one was very different and working with, you know, um, people suffering from addiction. Um, you know, that was all I was working with really, you know, obviously, you know, mental health is involved always. Um, and you know, a lot of PTSD, depression, anxiety, I mean, it, it goes on and on and on, but, mm-hmm. um, you know i was a little shell shocked in the beginning <laughs> and if it wasn't for you guys i'm not sure i would have stayed in addiction
0: <laughs> that is very kind and uh generous do you have any uh again you know, you know put it out there Manny. do do you do you have any <laughs> any stories that come to mind of, of your experience of me
1: i mean <laughs> <laughs>
0: Were, were, were you Are like,
1: you sure you want me to share?
0: Were you like this dude's a flake? Like, I'm gonna stomp <laughs> him real quick.
1: I mean, no, but I was always the bouncer. I mean, when fist fights occurred or what have you, I was definitely the one in the middle. I'm not sure where where, where you were. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're a hands-off program, Mindy. No 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 touching clients. That's that's my motto.
1: Oh, I'm aware. Um we we wouldn't want to wrinkle the bow tie i'm aware Mm,
0: no it's it's expensive (laughs) material
1: that's funny that's really funny that it definitely brings me back
0: (laughs) and i I think like even if we like reflect back to the dynamic right is like no offense to like our coworkers, right our colleagues who were also managers um of that like the three of us were like similar age or close in age. Yes. And I think, you know, coming from that connection and I, I I've shared this podcast before, especially early on in my career, like I was always the youngest person and the next closest person in age was like 10 years older, you know, had a family and kids and like all these kinds of things. And I'm like, uh, not me. So like for us to really like, I think, you know, get together, it was like a, a freshness, a newness, and unfortunately, you know the other folks that we worked were, you know, older, and so we kind of set in their ways, or kind of really following things the way that they saw it. As you mentioned, you know, uh, times have changed, but it was inflexible. Yeah, and I think we came from an area of like, all right, like why can't we do anything differently? Like, like why do we have to kind of stick to the same old platform, all, like day in day out? Is there another opportunity to kind of spice things up, change things? You know, for folks, yeah, because every, I mean, it was a residential. Uh, setting. I mean, those folks live there 24 hours a day, you know, seven days a week. In some of the longer programs, you know, even longer than that. So um, I think, you know, we talked about passion, you know, for me, like, I think our connection in age. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I always saw you as someone who really brought the lightness. You, know, you could you could laugh in, in any kind of circumstance. Um, I know, like, you know, my experience of you, Mandy, was always. You know there like you were always there you were always talking you were always engaging like there was no person you know male or female that would ever deter you from a conversation or an interaction or anything like that so i was like i i I was really you know impressed by your size one (laughs) (laughs) super envious uh um just like just the ability just being like like i I, I'm like you said, I'm a human being and, and I'm going to be a human with you, mm-hmm. not because you know I work here and I get paid for this and you're an addict and detox or whatever. You're a human. I'm going to talk to you about anything and everything and not just got kind of like, you know, treatment thing. I was just like, wow, like, you know, we can kind of like go a little more, you know, broader, um, you know, And I mean, you you said it, you know, earlier that, you know, you would, you know, absolutely work with me and I would absolutely, you know, work with you because, and I'm sure you've experienced this over the years is that connecting with coworkers on that same kind of intensity and passion and and humor is hard.
1: You know, it's,
0: it's, it is, it is like, I mean, no fault to anyone of their own, but like, you know, certain personalities really connect. And I think, like I connected with you really, really quickly. And I think you saw my vision of like what I wanted to accomplish and, and achieve in, you know, uh, you know, CSS. And you were like, yes, like we can, we can do this. We, and we worked, um, you know, I got, I, I couldn't have been successful without you for, for sure. 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, I think along the way um, it's, has definitely been difficult to find coworkers that kind of had the same you know what I mean feelings, passion, everything that you were kind of talking about, um, you know it's not easy, you know like I think people definitely get set in their ways. They think that things should be done you know certain ways, unwilling to look outside the box. Um, you know everyone uh, you know the client should fit in a box, which we mm-hmm. all know we don't. Um, and you know, makes it very, very difficult to try to treat all of the different clients because they're, they're, they're very different. They're very, very different, you yeah. know, um, from their drug of choice to their age, to their sex, to their, uh, I mean, their traumas, they're, they're, they're just very, very different and you can't treat them all the same and you can't expect them to walk through treatment the same. Yeah. you know so when you're just trying to treat you know one type of person you're missing a bunch of the others yeah. and that's not fair
0: uh, you know? I'll, uh, I I know like you and I especially after like Adam left you know you and I you know again like age wise you know similar in age or you know close in age and um I remember <laughs> do you remember those um I don't know what, what were they called back in the, those team meetings where we did like, you know, reviews of the treatment folks in treatment? Treatment team. The treatment teams. And remember the whole conversation of like, <laughs> like if it was, if, if someone was like discharging today, so we would say like uh, June 13th, like what was it, like four hours after? Oh, yeah. And it, you and I just absolutely <laughs> like, rolled every single time. Like they were like, oh no, four hours after. And like you and I obviously like not in the medical field, but that was a part of the you know the programming and how we would just be like, How about we discharge in four hours after? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I think it was you, but when I left there and I got a keychain and it said <laughs> like my last day there, like four hours after. Um I still have that keychain by the way. <laughs> Uh, I actually had it on my on my actual keys for the longest time, and uh, I recently just took it off. I, I have a, like a bunch of like chief Super Bowl keychains now. You're uh, welcome. We're
1: not talk about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, and so I, I still have it though, it's like hanging on my keychain. I always look at that and just I remember those like hilarious times where we you know we just ma- like made fun of the situation and the place that we were, um, and we made it work. Like that was. That, that was the thing. And I mean, you know, and, and for the audience, like my now wife, I met while I was working in Danvers and, you know, you know, I confided Mandy a, a, on a lot of things personally and professionally. And so, you know, she knew what was about to happen. Um, and so, like, that was the last place I worked at in in Massachusetts before I relocated to New Jersey and in reflection, um, like I would have never left there. Like there was no reason for me to to go. Like I obviously wanted to like maybe achieve like bigger things and, you know, maybe the other like managerial opportunities. I think I could have, you know, gotten that there somehow, some way, but like I wouldn't have left there. Like, you know, it was partly because of you and, you know, the clientele and a few other folks that really made the work like enjoyable and and tolerable. you know, and, you know, like you said, you know, it's, you know, the ER of addiction, right? Is, is that is very intense, lots of turnover, lots of cycling through, even staff cycling through. But, yep. you know, you, you got some core people that was really into it and kind of like, you know, do the work. And it really made it all meaningful. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you like accepting me, Mandy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, seeing past you know the flamboyant attire and <laughs> clothing. <laughs> um, I I, I love you know like we would go out to lunch together and, and, and you know we would just you know have all like awesome conversations and you know for the folks out there I guess you know for maybe you know this this podcast or you know this recording is you know for the folks out there who are working the field like find a Mandy right find a Barbaros like find an Adam like find someone that like can make the work enjoyable and like build on that. And don't forget about, you know, why you're, you know, why you're there and, and, and find the joy. Cause I think in, in certain addiction places, right. Treatment programs, it might be really hard. Um, and I, I was always a big believer and still am today is that like, you know, the person who leaves treatment, you know, you know, completed, you know, voluntarily or involuntarily, like our aim is the next person who walks in, Let, let's work our butt for that person. Right. If we just you know cry about the person who just left, then we're not giving our all to the person who's coming in, and they really need our attention. The person who just left got our attention, so um, yeah. you know I, I I think that's you know re- really important thing you know in in the field is is finding people um, that kind of have the same visions, the same same alignment that you do. It makes a lot of things you know better um, and, and and a fun environment.
1: Yeah, I mean. It's not easy work, right? And you know when you find people that you can you know connect with, and it's you know you're your home away from home. I mean, if you think about it, you're actually at work, and that
0: more you know, you know for you being in the field um do you want to shout out where you're working now, so people can sure. kind of like either find you or you know get help from like the program that you're in now sure. um yeah.
1: I work at Power Recovery and Revere. We are an outpatient program. We have PHP, IOP, OP, one to one counseling. We run during the day and at night, Monday through Friday. Um, come join us.
0: Insurances, Mandy?
1: Everything private, mass health, everything.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. That, that's, that's awesome. Well, so our, our podcast is that. Um, what would be your recommendation for someone who's like seeking help, like, or someone who is in the field, you know, from both perspectives?
1: What would be my recommendation?
0: Yeah. Well, what do you think people should ask about or, or, or look for, or, what, you know,
1: as far as clientele is concerned, I mean, my, my biggest thing for people going into treatment would be do, you know, the place that you're going, are they actually willing to, you know meet you where you're at and fulfill your needs you know so do they specialize in you know trauma if you have trauma do they specialize in you know opiate addiction slash fentanyl do they you know specialize in alcohol um you know i think that there's a lot of treatment out there especially in massachusetts um i know this this you know airs everywhere um but in massachusetts there's a ton of treatment um and I think, you know, depending on what you're looking for, um, like really look into that because it could make or break that treatment episode. As far as people in the field, um, when you go someplace to work, I would mm-hmm. ask, um, I know, you know for me, I want to see the, the client's handbook. Mm. What are the client's expectations? Can I follow those, and am I willing to uphold them?
0: Mm. And great I just, tape.
1: I think that's huge.
0: That's you awesome.
1: Can, yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell by you know the client's handbook how the clients are being treated in treatment.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, no, well, uh, great perspective for people you know, out there. And yeah, like I, I think you said earlier is is you know that this is a uh, a. a, a a population that is of good people um, to help and to understand it and, and be compassionate and so you know for folks out there who are you know skeptical about like oh can I do it or, or not or should I do it um, all the things that you know Mandy had mentioned you know are, are are great takeaways is that you know if you have passion and you can show empathy and you know care about someone who is suffering right that's the, the nature of you know the, the active addiction um, you can regardless, listen, you can learn.
1: Sorry, regardless of how many times they come in front of you.
0: Yeah, no, and absolutely. Wanna,
1: and like, I mean, literally just the other day, I got sad about something and I said, this is how I know I can still do this. <laughs>
0: uh, the feels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, for, for me, you know, I, I, as I shared, I, I've been in the, you know, the field for like over 21 years now, and, you know, I, didn't see myself like climbing out of like year one and then it turned to year five and then <laughs> 10 and so on. So it just, you know, yeah. Um, when you find your niche and you find your calling and, and you, and you find the effect it has on kind of, you know, people, um, you know, I I'm really thankful for the acceptance of, you know, uh, the people in recovery that kind of accepted me as their therapist. And so um and as, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, I'm not a person in recovery. I, I definitely identify myself as a as a recovery ally and recovery champion. Um, and I, I'm just there to help. You know, hopefully, you know, people get better. You know, in in this conversation, somehow, some way, that's 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 my passion. That's what moves me. Um, so I know there's you know there's people out there and you know we need you know better workers, you know, more workers in this field to do the work that you know Mandy is absolutely doing on, on the ground level. Um, so um, please look out for Mandy's you know program. Um, you know she is awesome at what she does. Uh, extremely passionate. Um, you know ask for help. Uh, she's there. Her team is there. The, the program is there uh so you know don't shy away from a helping hand it, it can definitely go a long way thank you um so you're re- you're ready for the five controversies right
1: boy I, i'm sure you picked special ones for me
0: i i don't do that mandy <laughs> I, do, I, don't, oh, I i don't there's believe. a list there's a I list yeah list? List, that's okay. the end of it that's that's the end uh, of it all right so uh, five controversies please feel free to pick one or the other. That's the intentionality of this kind of stuff. All right. Oh, so the I, first...
1: I, I know what the intention is. I'm not sure that you guys get there though.
0: <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> it fails miserably every single time. <laughs> um, so first one, bath versus a shower. Really? <laughs> you got you to gotta, you gotta pick one. This is the controversy.
1: Oh, baths. You're a bath person? No. But if I had time, I would definitely take more.
0: Ew.
1: <laughs> Are you kidding me?
0: In no a fucking way. With- with- bring it on. Absolutely not. No way. Shower one hundred percent of the way. I'm not sitting in my own filth. That's what a bath is. Just sitting there. The whole idea is getting clean. Get 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 up and get clean. Get get out of that shower. Yes, that's the
1: idea with a shower. The idea with a bath is to relax.
0: You relax on a couch. You relax on a recliner. You relax (laughs) in in a bed, not in a bath. I, Mandy, I think all the nice things I just said about you on this podcast. <laughs> I retract every single statement. First controversy uh, uh, out of the out of the shoot. You're disappointed. Right.
1: next one. Let's do uh, that.
0: All right, next one. Apple versus a banana. Banana. What? what why do you? Why do you call a banana?
1: Um, I I like the taste better.
0: Yeah, I. I'm a, banana o- over apple all the time i think bananas is a lot more cleaner than apples <laughs> um <No. laughs> yeah you, know, you know but banana comes with its own like protective covering and an apple you eat the covering um i i pro- honestly i probably have a banana a day, almost, almost every single day. Maybe excluding some some weekends, but like that usually is like my breakfast. Like a glass of orange juice and a banana, perfect combination. Good start to a good day.
1: It's not surprising.
0: <laughs> Shut up.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, this is going to be an interesting, one I think. When you cut a sandwich. Are you cutting it diagonal or, like, what, horizontal? Diagonal. Why?
1: I don't know. That's. I think my mom cut it that way growing up. And so that's just how I've always cut a sandwich.
0: So opposite for me, growing up, it was always, like, cut down the middle straight. Yep. But if you, if you get a sandwich from, like, a sub shop, they always cut it diagonal. And it yep. always looks better. Like, I always like, thought, like, like, this is a professional sandwich. And so I started <laughs> doing it at home. I'm like, I'm making myself a professional sandwich. I cut it diagonally. <laughs> so peanut butter and jelly, diagonal. Oh, and
1: that's a professional sandwich peanut butter and jelly. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm,
0: if if it's cut down. diagonally, it's a professional sandwich. If, it, if it's crunched right on, it's an amateur. <laughs> Unacceptable.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs>
0: All right, this one is an interesting one. Uh, There's been some hubbub around this. Um, But a bath towel, how many days do you use it before you throw it into the laundry basket? Three. Why not four?
1: I don't know, because I do laundry every three days, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But everything's getting clean. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so. It just goes in my laundry basket and I take it downstairs and I put it in the washer. So like every three days.
0: You know what's wild, manny. That is my preference of bath towel usage <laughs> after third day, no matter the smell or the non smell or however dry you think it is, get rid of it, put it in the basket, move on to the next towel, get a good circulation going every three days, rotate.
1: Sounds about right.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's see. How many did we get oh, so far? One, two, three, four. All right, fifth one. Last one here. Chapstick versus no chapstick.
1: See, this is not like how you guys get yourselves in trouble when it comes to these because. <laughs> Chapstick when my lips are chapped and no chapstick when my lips aren't chapped.
0: <laughs> like, Mandy, it's a controversy. You got to pick one. Are you using chapstick or you're not using chapstick?
1: I use chapstick when my lips are chapped.
0: <laughs> no, 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 one likes you around here, Mandy. Just, uh, after, uh, putting that out there. But for the audience, please uh, feel free to email me and, <laughs> Let me know your dislike for Mandy. I'll share it with her. <laughs> Not, like even chapstick like once a day can potentially last all day. You put a little chapstick on in the morning, you can ride it all, all day. You know, depending on the weather, the temperature, whatever. A, a, a little moisture goes a long way. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure.
1: So so your chapstick all day.
0: Not all day. Like uh this morning I didn't use it. I was in a training. My lips started to get dry. You know, I was indoors for hours, right? So, like, no moisture in the air. Felt a little dry. Pull a chapstick on. I'm good to go. I'm gravy. Have you used it for the rest of the day? Use it once.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't wear a lipstick
0: either, so. Oh, natural, Mandy. Oh, natural. Very. Oh, oh only way to go. Only way to go. Well, thank you very much for the audience here. This is Mandy. Uh, she shared a little bit about herself. Uh, she's graciously uh, accepted to be the co-host in Adam's absence. Adam, I can say, Mandy, I'm sure you know. You can say, we love you. We want to see you do better. Uh, we're here for you any shape or form. You know, uh, back, back on the podcast, we want to hear uh, that amazing voice of yours. So, um, you know, this, this is, this is for Adam. This is for all the folks out there, you know, please listen to the podcast, uh, the yeah, addict and the counselor, Spotify, Apple podcasts, uh, Amazon music podcast. And please email us if you have any questions, concerns, any topics you want to listen to. We have great folks like, you know, Mandy coming in, you know, hopefully she'll come back in and talk to both Adam and I, um, uh, you know, and, and shoot the shit and, and, you know, learn and grow and, and, and provide some information. Um, So thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to do something like this. And um, yeah, no, I appreciate it very much. Of
1: course. Bye, All
0: right. So uh, thank you all for the listeners and please check us out next week.
1: Bye. Bye.